Thank you for checking in with us on this edition of the Cerebral Entertainment Podcast. For this episode, we wrap up our series titled Back to the Basics, a guide for growth featuring Scott McNally. Uh, During this episode, Scott finishes up his discussion on the essential component of nutrition as he reminds us that meeting our fitness goals is 100% physical training and 100% nutrition. Next, he guides us down the crucial path of supplementation, and then we close things out with a serious talk about responsible steroid use. Be sure to follow Scott McNally on Advices Radio Network and Bodybuilding Nerds Radio. Show him and all of his cohorts love on the socials and enjoy this final installment of our series. So without further introduction... Here we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to yet another edition of the Cerebral Entertainment Podcast. I am James, and with me, as always, is my good friend, Colt. You know it. And with us, one more time, from Advices Radio and Bodybuilding Nerds Radio, Mr. Scott McNally. How you doing over there, Scott? I am doing great, guys. Uh, early in the morning here. I'm really excited to uh, to get this morning podcast in and and wrap our little mini series up. I think, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. It's the uh, the bittersweet moment where we have to wrap this series up, but it's been a great one so far. And I'm glad that you are chipper this morning because it sounds <laughs> like you're on fire, man. We had some some pre show discussions, and and you're flowing well. And I'm, I'm glad <laughs> to hear that because. Uh, I'm looking at me and Colt over here, you know, and we're still trying to wake up. But excited to be here, man! Thanks again for coming on. This is our series. Colt, give us the give us the title one more time. What are we What are we working on here? What series is this? Back to the basics: a guide for growth. A guide for growth, and so we're talking about the fundamental elements of basically getting in shape. And it's not just for beginners, people who haven't had any exposure or experience with fitness and nutrition, but it's even for the the seasoned fitness uh individual the individual who's uh, who's been working out for some time but just needs to kind of refresh on some of the basics um and you know just just like me i've mentioned it several times you know i've been exercising off and on most of my life i've been exercising all of my life basically to some degree or another but as far as being in the gym and having a routine things like that it's been inconsistent at times and so coming back to the basics for me has really helped me in, in my present journey just to make sure that I'm in there and I'm focused and concentrated because I have this information to kind of help me just to keep that foundational level. So um, it's been a great time. The Scott, the first episode that we had, we talked about motivation and mindset as far as working our way up to getting back into the gym or into the gym in the first place. And, and then the second episode of this series, we were talking about developing and maintaining a, a training routine, basically, about how to actually make it a, a practical application of the information that we had talked about so far and, and really making it work. And then last week, we discussed a lot of nutrition. And uh, we got a little bit more of nutrition topics to kind of uh, to go over today, Scott. So where are we at on this uh, on this series? All right. So yeah, as as you had said, we started with uh, some foundation foundational stuff to kind of put you in the right mindset, and then from there we got into our training. We jumped into nutrition yesterday, which was uh, you know that our last episode, I should say, and uh, it's it's such a big topic because nutrition is. You know, like I said before, it's a hundred percent of what's going to make this work. Just like the training is a hundred percent. So it's something that we need to work into our our everyday. You know, before we got started here, we I woke up an hour before we began recording, and I, I don't even have to think about it anymore. I know I need to eat, so it's just part of my program. I wake up, I cook my food. I know 
that I need to be responsible for that for a lot of reasons. You know, this is a lot of this is about being responsible and it, it's it's lessons that can translate into the rest of your life. You know, I can I can leave, uh, you know, I can leave my coat hanging on the back of a chair when I walk in or, you know, kick my sweaty gym pants off and leave them balled up on the floor. Or I can uh, I can just put them right down the laundry chute, get them where they need to be immediately, and just take care of things when they need to be taken care of. And that's the way we need to look at our nutrition too. So we discussed in the previous episode the importance of protein and how we need to get protein in in you know, small increments throughout the day. This is a constant process, and so that takes planning because you know you you have your average days. That you're if you're a nine to fiver, then you know you probably wake up at the same time every day. Uh, minus the weekends. And you can easily begin to use that structure to build a nutrition plan around it. So we're at a point now where we are we are on a protein source, probably, you know, if we can get up to it, maybe five times a day. And as I said, you know, a good place to start might be one gram of protein per per pound. So we got a 200 pound guy, he's got 200 grams of protein a day, and he's splitting that up into five meals. He's adding in some carbs pre post training, maybe in meal one, and he's adding some fats in there too. You know, how many fats does he need? How many carbs does he need? It's it's all going to to depend on the individual. Like I said, everybody can everybody can tolerate a different amount. And it's gonna take some playing around with it to see, some experimentation. And the best way for you to find what where you're gonna what we wanna look for to start here is homeostasis. We wanna be able to find a good you know, balanced diet. You're eating several times a day, and uh, a lot of times with my clients, I'll start them out so that they're not gaining or losing uh, scale weight. And we just want to find stability first, because you know how can you how can you experiment and try something different until you find out what baseline is. And so first things first, you know, I I talk to people. And, you know, they, they come up with all sorts of tangents about, you know, how they think that they need to diet. So from here, now that we have a stable diet, let's talk about, let's create a deficit. Let's, let's start assuming that our goal is going to be to lose some fat and to get into better looking shape for the summer. So, you know, my next door neighbor just texted me the other day and he said, Hey, my buddy is getting back into the gym and, uh, you know, he needs a supplement for this and a supplement for that. What do you suggest? And, and he's using a keto diet. And what do you think of keto? And, uh, my head's just, it's like my head kind of spinning because there's just <laughs> so many questions in there. I <laughs> there's so many things. To the guy. Right. If you'd only step outside, we could, we could talk over the fence to one another and, and have a nice long conversation about it, which would probably have been a lot easier. But, you know, you, you see that all the time. People think that there's going to be this special diet, specific diet. Keto is the one. That's the secret. That's the one that's going to work. And you know what? How keto might, might work. Keto is, you know, eliminating carbohydrates. True keto is using a higher level of fats with protein. But a lot of times what we do nowadays is a modified keto diet using high protein, moderate car, um, low carbs, and moderate fats. But what I want to start with, though, is our balanced diet. You know, we start with our balanced diet. We're getting all three of our macronutrients in, and then we can begin playing with them. You can you can try taking a little bit away. You found that you're at a baseline now. You found that you can hold stably at this weight, and uh, then you know the next step is is to try pulling something out. We want to create a deficit. You want to have less calories going in so that you can then 
begin to, to lose. But you also want to keep that protein high. No matter what your goals are, year-round, that protein is always going to be pretty stable. I might push protein up a little bit higher at certain points of of, of a fat loss diet or at certain points of an off-season growth phase. But in, in both cases, though, we're keeping the protein up as high as possible because that's what's going to help you to uh, not only maintain muscle, but to build muscle. It's going to help with your recovery. And once again, you know, we defined the word anabolic as being more protein going into the muscle cell than is leaving it. So always remember, no matter what our goals are, we want to keep the protein high. We want to keep the muscle as full of amino acids as possible. So a lot of times carbohydrates are the first place that uh, people will go. You know, carbs are what we always enjoy. Carbs are easy to eat. Carbs give us that sense of satisfaction. You know, I eat carbs and I get that little dopamine hit every time I eat them. You know, it feels good. I feel satisfied. I can sleep better when I eat carbohydrates. I have more energy. You know, this process is you're going to have to go into a little bit of discomfort. The thing is, is that we are eating less now than it takes to maintain uh, your body where it's at, and and you're gonna feel that. And at first, the, this process you shouldn't you shouldn't feel terrible out the gate. You know, over time, the diet's gonna get harder. You are gonna deal with hunger. And hunger is uh, something that we're not really used to. We we don't think about it. Just like I said in the last episode, we don't pay attention to what we eat. We also really don't pay attention to when we eat it. We get hungry, and then we just satisfy that hunger. And when you purposefully begin a diet to lose fat, there are going to be times that you're hungry and that you're going to have to overcome that desire to eat. You know, you're going to have to overcome that desire to fill that instant gratification. Because what are we, what are we trying to do here? You got to keep your your mind on the prize. Think about what your goals are. Think about what your long-term goals are. Is your goal to feel good tonight and uh, and fill up and uh, sit back, watch a movie or whatever, and 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 not feel that hunger, take that edge off? Is that more important to you than let's say now we're releasing this in, in around Marchish, you know, or late late winter? Spring is coming up on us. Um, where is your goal going to be to have a better body in the summer? which you can do if you start now. So focus on that long-term goal and, um, and, and accept that hunger. I think that if people try to fight it, people try to use uh, sugar-free additives. There's all sorts of different products out there now. And now that fitness is blowing up the way it has, there are more options than ever to, to try to trick your body into thinking that you actually ate something by instead filling it with some sort of delicious tasting chemicals. So I highly suggest not to get on that train because all you're doing is looking for instant gratification. All you're doing is trying to fill a void. And that void, there is a we are creating a physical void. You know, we talked about addiction in the last episode. And you can just perform uh, or practice abstinence from drugs. We can't practice abstinence from foods, but we can practice abstinence from certain foods. And so the key here is to uh, to stick to your diet. And to remind yourself always why you're sticking to your diet. And believe me, if you can delay the gratification, you will be much happier in the end. So my thought is let's start. Well, let's take our guy. We'll say he's 200 pounds. Uh, he's eating maybe we'll say 50 grams of fat through the day. And he's eating uh, three 
servings, three 30 gram servings of carbohydrates is getting what 90 grams of carbs. This is just theoretical. I'm just, I'm not even saying that's a good diet. I'm just throwing these numbers out here to explain what we might want to do. And let's say that if he does this diet, that he's, he's maintaining the same weight, the same composition, and that's been going on for a few weeks. Then maybe the first thing you might want to do if he trains in the afternoon, he has 30 grams of carbs before training with his meal, 30 grams of carbs in his post-training meal, plus 30 grams in the AM. Maybe we try pulling those AM carbs out, okay? We remove 30 grams of carbohydrates and we change nothing else. So now what do we do? We, we wait and we see what happens. Give that a good period of time to work. Give it a week because it's some of these things you're, you're not going to see changes overnight. We talked just about at the beginning uh, of this whole thing about how training with weights isn't going to show instant results. It's like watching the grass grow or watching a pot boil. Same thing is going to be with your composition. So you will, uh, you know, need to give it time. You may see faster results. You, you may not, but whatever the case, be patient and, um, and, and look at your body. When I say look at your body, I'm going to say, how do you measure your progress? And here's some keys. So the scale, of course, is going to be one factor. I'd suggest that when you start this whole process up, that you weigh yourself first thing in the morning. Be aware of what you're wearing. You know, I, I usually just step out of bed, you know, go pee or whatever, put my coffee on, and while that's happening, I can go step on the scale. You know, just in the, just in my underwear, I don't want to have on shoes, pants, variables. You know, all these different variables that could change the scale. So I step on the scale, I get my morning weight. And it's important because, uh, you know, through the day we eat more food, we begin retaining more water, we're drinking fluids, and your weight is going to go up. Everything's going to reset overnight. Everything's going to come back to baseline. You'll notice you wake up a little bit drier, a little bit tighter, and, uh, you know, you've, you've kind of processed some of the foods that have been going through you. So it's a good time to get your weight. And then I would suggest that every time you, you weigh yourself, you do it on the same scale, and you do it at the same time of day. So, you know, whatever time that is when you wake up, get on the scale, that's the time to, to do that. Uh, next is to use pictures because the scale alone can give us some, some decent uh, information, but it's, it's, a real, it's a real basic rough estimation. I can tell you that at times the scale doesn't mean anything especially if you haven't been used to eating a good high quality high protein diet you may be occurring new muscle uh occurring new muscle through uh this process alone and you may be growing muscle while losing fat the scale might not change at all and then i found this to be super common for for new people people that haven't been tracking their diet at all they they begin to pay more attention and by eating, you know, several five times a day, getting a small amount of protein with each meal, like we talked about, you they may find that the scale doesn't move at all, but they're gaining muscle and they're losing fat. And that's why these pictures become so important because you can see differences. It takes a while to be able to train your eye to see small differences week to week and day to day. But over time, you'll get better at recognizing it. And the longer the window between the pictures, the, uh, the bigger the differences you'll see. So make it a habit. We all have high-tech cell phones now. We can all do this. We're all on Instagram shooting our damn selfies and stuff every day <laughs> now. So you can shoot a front picture and a back picture. Find yourself some decent light, light that you can control, light that you can replicate. Use that spot as your spot. You know, we're, we're creating... We're creating patterns here. We're creating um, rituals and shoot those pictures in the same spot, in the same pose. 
Uh, a lot of times I'll have people do a front double and a rear double bicep. That way it's a, it shows a lot of muscularity. Often, oftentimes, though, too, um, I just have people just stand there. You could just stand there. Don't push your stomach out. Uh, just stand naturally. And uh, then from there, save those pictures. Make sure that you have the date on them. And repeat that process every week. Now, you might not see the progress, like I said, from week one to week two. But continue to shoot those pictures and continue to watch what's happening over time, you should start to see a difference. You'll start to see a difference. You know, maybe it's week three or week four. You know, you start to compare that back to week one, and uh, it, it it will show where your progress is at, or it'll show that you're not making progress. And in that case, then you know that you're going to have to do something else with the diet. What are you going to have to do? I don't know, because I don't know you. I don't know uh, what your body needs. It, everybody is a unique puzzle and the only way that I can figure that puzzle out is to get my hands on it and to start uh, moving the pieces around. And it's through that process that you know I myself as a coach or you with your own body or another coach is going to do. There's going to be more of a learning curve if you're new at this. Um, I suggest that you you continue educating yourself beyond this. Continue. I, I listened to a lot of podcasts uh, coming up in fitness, and the information that I got helped me become what I am and who I am today. So that's that's my foundation. That's where I would start. Uh, guys, Colt, do you do you take progress pictures regularly? I honestly do not. It's fu- it's funny when it when we talk about like progress and things like that because me and James have had this conversation before and I'm probably the worst person at being patient when it comes to anything and that's uh you know that's where whether it's exercises in the gym whether it's diet you know things like that I it would almost be beneficial for me to have a coach to be accountable to that get, that's looking at my pictures and things like that versus me trying to 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 stick to something because I mean I I know the the basics and a little more in depth about what I should be doing. It's just I'm I, I it's just my mindset I guess. I just don't have the patience to to stick to a lot of things to until I until I see it. Like if it you know if it if I don't see the results pretty fast, I'll normally switch things up. Well, here's here's the thing, man. If you can hold on and be patient. If you found yourself a baseline diet to work from, and then you make a couple small changes to increase the deficit, then, you know, whether it, no matter what you do, life continues to go on. And if you want to see this progress, then you got to, you got to find that patience. Cause I, I know exactly where you're at, but the, it comes back to having faith. Like we talked about in the first episode and, and knowing that at the worst case, you are attempting to be better. And that's the key is that you're attempting. It doesn't have to be perfect. You're going to make mistakes. Even a successful coach is going to make mistakes along the way. It's just that the more experience somebody has, the faster they are to correct those things and the faster they are to to see, you know, what what directions that they want to move into. Absolutely. James, I know I know James that you're not as um you're not as plugged in with uh, with really pushing your physique, but I know that you you are working toward that and trying to be your best. Have you considered doing progress pictures before we, we've had this conversation now? I, I can say I've considered it. I haven't actually done it, but yeah, I'm, I'm constantly monitoring myself, of course, you know, and, and looking for progress or the lack thereof, you know, especially in the past. Right now, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of a lot of progress, a lot of positive benefits to getting back in the gym and, and, and getting in a lot more protein, 
Um, I'm eating more protein right now than I have probably in the past three or four years. Uh, okay. I, I kind of fell off that wagon for a while and wasn't really building myself up. Uh, still working out, still trying to stay in shape, not as consistent as what I would have liked to have been over these past several years. Um, but still, you know, monitoring myself and, and still trying to stay active, but not progressively trying to build myself up back in that in the swing of things now and you were mentioning the scale if i watch yeah. the scale where i'm at now it just goes up and up and up when, when i'm not in shape I, I tend to drop a lot more weight than than if when i'm actively working out when i'm in the gym i, I gain a lot more and so mm. the scale for me tends to go the other. and of course it peaks you know I, I i usually walk around at between 190 and 200 and i'm six foot tall um just as you know, on my on my baseline when i'm hard at it right now i'm, I'm hitting around 215 I, my, my metabolism is jacked all right because I, I try to keep up with my cardio uh, really strongly too and i'm always hungry <laughs> i'm always hungry so i'm always trying to eat but you know i, I am monitoring my, my food intake a lot of protein things like that but i'm eating a lot more and uh, and I'm looking I'm looking good because of it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not I'm not getting fat. I'm just putting on a, a lot more muscle because I'm actively working those things. So, but yeah, pro- progress pictures would be. I think that would be beneficial. I've thought about it. I've just you know, I'll think about one thing and then just one of my kids will say something. I'll get distracted. So I just <laughs> I just haven't gotten around to it yet. Yeah, it's just a matter. Yeah, once again, working it in, making it a ritual. You know, then uh, even if you need to set an alarm, you know, maybe it's a, on your day off, Sunday morning or whatever. You wake up on Sunday, you take your weight, and you shoot your pictures, and boom. You don't even need to compare them right now. You know, just save them for a time when you can sit down and take a look at them later in the day or later in the week, and and then you know, look to see. Be honest with yourself. Look to see closely. Look at the body parts. I might I might zoom into certain areas. Let's compare. What James's love handles look like this week compared to last week. Let's let's see what you know. A lot of times where you start to see uh, differences first are in the limbs. I found that for a lot of people, you begin losing fat through you know you're from from the the bottom of the legs up and from the forearms up and then from the face too. So you can start to see you know a lot of times uh, people shoot their progress pictures and they aren't thrilled with how they look. They woke up first thing in the morning and, you know, they cut their face off or whatever. Just just from picture from the neck down that they send to me. And <clears throat> then, you know, down the road, they're they're starting to feel better about themselves. And then you see their face in the picture. I haven't seen their face in eight weeks and all of a sudden I say, wow, because their face looks totally different than when we started. You know, mm. you start you lose fat you know, fat from your some people do will lose fat from their face first. I'm one of those people. Um, so these things are all ways to just kind of, kind of clues. They're clues to the puzzle. Uh, I can tell you a story in my own life of the scale, not meaning anything. Uh, I was getting ready for my first contest and out the gate, I lost about 15 pounds in the first month or so. And that water, that weight came off fast. A lot of it was you know, fluid retention, be it subcutaneous or uh, you know, under the skin or water retention that was in the muscle from all the nutrients that I'm driving in. You know, those carbohydrates, they use water as their transport system to get those amino acids into your muscles and to, to keep you full, keep you round. And those muscles that they hold a lot of extra weight when they're full. Think of uh, think of a sponge you know, versus a dry sponge versus a sponge that's been totally submerged in water. It's going to be a completely different thing. Um, so anyway, I lost a good deal of weight, scale weight. 
out the gate first four to six weeks. And then from there, it held. And when I say the scale held, it did not move. It didn't move for about eight, nine weeks. Wow. It was exactly the same. And uh, I'm grateful I had a coach at the time because uh, I would have definitely pulled more food out. I would have pulled more food out. I would have increased my cardio, may have taken another fat burner, whatever. I would have definitely pushed harder. Uh, and, and thankfully I had a coach. He reassured me. He said, Scott, look at the pictures. And that's the key. That's why we have the pictures. So I could look at the pictures and I could see progress from week to week to week. And I could see that although the scale wasn't moving, I was definitely losing fat and I was seeing more detail throughout my entire body. It stayed that way, like I said, for about eight weeks plus. And, uh, you, you have to, you have to have the data gathered up uh, in order to have knowing that. Otherwise, you know, I see myself in the mirror every day, especially if you're if you're consciously working on this goal with your physique, you'll pay a lot more attention to what you look like. You'll find yourself, you know, catching glances in the mirror as you walk by. And when you're doing that stuff, you can't tell the difference from day to day. You know, you can't you can't really see what you look like. And so uh, <clears throat> yeah, having a coach, he's going to be able to be a second set of eyes, but you know, having the pictures, you can then become more objective when you're looking at yourself. So those are all, those are going to be key things. Um, you know, the, the changes that you need to make that, like I said, it's going to be totally individual. It's not always about taking food out though. I I'm working with a woman. She had a set of twins and she wasn't eating a lot of food. So the first thing we did is we spread her food out throughout the day. We, inke- we increased her protein, and uh, we added both carbohydrates and fats, just like I talked about in the last episode. And then we found a level of stability. I started pulling things out to see if we could get her to lose, uh, and and it didn't help, and nothing happened. And so I, I tried putting those things back in. I think I took I think I took the the uh, the carbs out first, and. Remove some carbs, we saw nothing. So I said, huh, okay. So I put the carbs back in, and uh, I took some fats out. And then I started seeing a little bit of progress. I took a little bit more fats out, nothing really happened. And then I thought to myself, huh, I wonder if she actually needs more. I added carbohydrates to the existing carbs she already had. Guess what? She started to drop. She lost a couple pounds. I said, "Okay, this is great. You know, this is a this is a woman who was um, not super tall, but I can't remember her height. But you know, she definitely she she had had twins, and she had had a hard time losing that fat after she had had them. I believe she was up around like one eighty something. So she uh, adds these these carbohydrates back in, and then adds more carbs, and we start to see progress." And then we watch, and as the progress slows, I add a little bit more carbohydrate. And guess what? She started losing more fat. We're still we're still working together, and she's down in the 140s now, and she's eating more and more carbohydrates as we go. So for her, for this woman, what she needs is, as everybody else, a solid foundation of protein throughout the day. And she's eating an ample supply of healthy carbohydrates, like we talked about in the last episode, you know, sweet potatoes, rice, oats, things like that. And this is allowing her body to, to have the, the energy to, to continue burning and it's keeping her metabolism up. And she is just cooking along. Plus, I'm certain that she's gaining muscle in the process, too. So it's, it's pretty cool 
but you, you really, it's one of those things, like I said, where it's totally individual. I take another person and I try to do that exact same thing with them, just copy and paste it. And, uh, you know, they're going to, they're going to look terrible possibly. Right. Right. I just wish there was more stories out there like that because with the term keto being a very trendy thing right now, people think that carbs are the enemy. Yeah. And they try to stay away from it. And, you know, with stories like what you're saying is more carbs can actually make somebody look better or as long as they're, you know, doing it the right way and taking in the right kind. Uh, th- that's the kind of stories that I like to hear. Yeah, no, it's it's pretty cool. And, and keto, it is it is something that's going to work for some people. Um, and, and part of this, too, is listening to your body. You know, you, you get one guy and you take all his fats out and you push his carbs up and he feels terrible. But then you increase the fats and he feels good. So, huh, there's another clue. What makes your body feel like it's like it's effectively burning fuel? What makes you feel like, you know, you're processing your food quickly, that you're still getting a pump in the gym? You know, look at uh, look at these different uh, things you know, it, uh, that your body is telling you and uh, take that biofeedback and, and, and run with it. And that's that's why with my clients what I do is I ask them, uh, you know, how are they feeling? What their energy levels are like? How are they sleeping? What are your pumps like in the gym? These are questions that you should be asking yourself constantly. So, Scott, we've we've went through nutrition. How do we get into supplementation? What's the first step someone needs to take in order to really start supplementing their diet, supplementing their nutrition as far as really getting in there and getting into shape? What, what are some of the first things we need to to go over? All right. Well, number one... This can be a tough one to get into because we are constantly bombarded by flash marketing stuff. It looks it looks glitzy, it looks glamorous. There's a lot of promises made, and uh, they aren't necessarily all true. Yes. So so step back and let's look at the basics. And this is not going to be sexy. This is, we're not talking about the newest, latest, greatest product that's you know, $80 a month and has a cool looking package that your, your favorite Instagram celebrity is promoting. We're talking about basic stuff. We're talking about things like a multivitamin, high quality multi, multivitamin. I, protein, whey protein is in there. We already talked a little bit about whey protein. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit more about it, but I really, I consider whey protein to be more of a food so when you're using whey protein, your, your best quality, I mean, you can use a lot of different proteins out there. All you want to do is make sure that the fat content and the carb content is low. You don't want to be adding a bunch of extra carbs and fats. So, you know, anything that has under two grams of carbs and under a gram of fat, that's probably going to work for you. A whey protein isolate is going to be you know, the cleanest, fastest digesting, but there's also high quality casings. You can get a blend, you know, and these things will release at different rates. So it depends possibly on what time of day you're using it. If this is a post-workout meal, then maybe you want to use an isolate. If you're going to use whey protein or if you're going to use a protein before bed, then maybe a casein might be a better option. Or as we talked about before, fats and carbs can modulate the speed at which a protein absorbs. So if you only want to buy a whey protein isolate because that's what your budget's at, you could still use that whey protein isolate for your pre-bed meal. And then if you have the room in your diet, you can figure out where you can add, that you can add some fats. You could couple that with a fat source to slow that digestion down. So moving on from whey protein, though, other supplements, things that I would not consider to be actual food. Like I said, a good uh, multivitamin. I don't think you need to go crazy 
I think that if you're if you're eating a well-rounded diet that uh, you know you can get most of the nutrients you need, but you you could use a good multi at a, like a reasonable price too. I I don't really think you need to go out and buy the fancy vitamin packs that are going to run you you know forty dollars a month. You can find some decent products that that aren't that expensive. I mean, an example, and I have no affiliation with them whatsoever, is uh, Now Foods has a product called Adam for men, and it's a sports-based uh, vitamin. I believe it's two capsules, and I believe they have Eve for women. So those, there's a couple options. Um, I, uh, If you don't mind me mentioning it, I, my programs are sponsored by truenutrition.com. They're a high-quality company. I believe that they have a multivitamin. Uh, you can use our code ADVICES for a discount there. Um, and I do. I've used them long before they sponsored us just because – you got to really watch the companies that you purchase from. There's there's some companies out there that are just looking to make a buck. There's a lot of companies that are out there that you know they're not even run by people that love the sport of bodybuilding. They're just looking to capitalize. So I would I would stay away from the the basic drugstore centrum type multivitamins. I wouldn't even mess with that. I, but I would definitely I would not break the bank on a multi. And after that, let's look at a fish oil. Fish oil is another thing that. Um, that you know you want to work into your diet. Like I said last episode, uh, carbs aren't essential, but fats are. And so you can get your essential fats through a fish oil uh, um, supplement. They have liquid fish oil, which believe it or not, have you guys ever used the liquid fish oil that you drink? I have not, but mm. that freaks me out by you just saying that. <laughs> no, I haven't. Right, right. <laughs> I was just talking about that with VJ the other day. So they have, I think it's Carlson's has it. And they might have, I think he mentioned, he looked it up, that there was a slightly better yield than the Vitamin Shop brand. Um, but they have lemon-flavored fish oil. And, yeah, after you get over the head trip that you're drinking fish oil, it's not bad. You can't taste the fish. Are, are you, no, are you mixing that into something else, or are you drinking that standalone? I just take a chug off of it. Actually, you're supposed to dump it into, like, a tablespoon, but I just kind of eyeball it. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. So if I were, if I were really dieting, then I would, I would definitely measure it, but I just grab it out the fridge, take the cap off, throw back a small swig and estimate about how much I'm, I'm trying to get. And what I'm trying to get is about maybe three, four grams. Fish oil is pretty interesting too. So now from what I've learned, serotonin is produced in the gut and James, you'll, you may find this interesting. Uh, there are psychiatrists out there now that uh, and we may have talked about this before i can't remember but it's something that since we're talking about fish oil i'll bring up again uh there are psychiatrists out there now that are making sure that their patients are on an optimal level of fish oil to encourage their bodies to produce their serotonin as well as possible before they go to an ssri hmm. that is very interesting so in a sense you're talking about using fish oil to as as a preemptive combat for depression correct absolutely Absolutely. And, you know, uh, not only that, but, but fish oil is going to be beneficial for fat loss. It's also going to be an anti-inflammant. It's been a long believed, and it is, there is some truth to it, a long believed uh, thing by the bros that if your joints are aching, increase your fish oil. That's the first thing. You know, if you're dieting and you're feeling dry and your joints are starting to hurt, Increasing your fish oil could potentially help. Mm. I know that with uh, fish oil for serotonin production, I've heard that they're using upwards to 12 grams a day. Holy cow. So, no kidding. Yeah. So so there's that. There's that to consider. Fish oil is going to be a super important one to consider. And uh, fiber. 
dietary fiber. You know, a lot of people don't like their vegetables, but if you can get your vegetables in, they're going to help you in more ways than one. And digestion is going to be a major factor here when you're dieting, especially as those carbohydrates come down. You're getting less dietary fiber. Protein will bind you up. One of the first things you might find is that you're getting a little bit constipated. You can use a fiber powder to help combat that. Um, I go with uh, sugar-free Metamucil. That's that's basic. That's a basic route to go. If you want to avoid aspartame, there are other options. And, and you have to watch it. Some people are more sensitive to fiber than others. There are more gentle fibers out there. I know that Now Foods makes a product called Fiber 3, which um, it does contain inulin. Uh, it has uh, acacia and one other type of fiber. But something like an acacia fiber is known to be very gentle. So if you find that you use the sugar-free Metamucil and it's making you gassy, either you're using too much or maybe you're a little sensitive to it. Uh, what you're going to find is, is that fiber will help increase the amount of fluid that goes to your, uh, your bowels, and then it'll help to form solid bowel movements. Um, if you're constipated, it'll bring that fluid in to help kind of push everything out. You can overdo the fiber, so I would start with just one to two servings a day. And as long as you keep your vegetable intake high, eating uh, my veggie choices. I don't know if I mentioned them on the last episode, but something like broccoli or asparagus or spinach, possibly a serving of green beans. Um, eat, eat these veggies, you know, two, three, even four times a day. Your need for fiber, dietary fiber powder, isn't going to be as high. After that, something to consider. Now, these are the, these are the main ones. Those are the main ones that I would say uh, multivitamin, fish oil into fiber. Those would be the three foundational supplements that I would suggest to you to use. Now we can keep going down the list and we can spend every single dollar that you've made this month just on supplements. So you got to draw the line somewhere and you got to be realistic because these things will help you to an extent beyond this, but uh, the list beyond this will help you to an extent, but you got to weigh it out. You know, there, there are pros and cons. Uh, it, it, it's a, it's a hard tie for for uh, not being in the the top three, but uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna combine these two things: a probiotic and a digestive enzyme. Those are those are right up there. Those would be those would be right next in line after the multi, after the fish oil, and after the fiber. We're hearing so much more now about uh, our, the microbiome and and what that's actually doing you know for us or against us so we want to cultivate a good healthy digestive system we want to have these healthy bacteria and organisms and we want to feed them so uh, that's definitely something to consider if you can if you can still budget it in then a good high quality probiotic which through doing my podcasts I've learned that you're probably better off going with a shelf-stable probiotic versus the refrigerated versions. I don't know about you guys, but every time I've looked at them in the in the health food store, I've always felt like the refrigerated ones must be better. You know what I mean? You would think. I mean, just from mindset alone, you would think that because it's refrigerated, it'd be better. Mm -hmm. I talked to uh, Wade Lightheart, who is a former bodybuilder. He is uh, just an amazing dude. Uh, and he owns a company called Biooptimizers. I use theirs. I have, I have no affiliation with them other than I like the product. Um, and they aren't the cheapest to get involved in using, but um, it, you know the, the, it, 
does last a while once you get the bottle. Um, I like his probiotics and enzymes. They're shelf-stable. And what he had told me is, is that uh, these refrig- the refrigerated versions, they're, the, you know, the shelf-stable is freeze-dried and so that they can maintain life on the shelf. The refrigerated ones must be kept cold. Now, that means that in order to keep that 100%, they need to, first of all, produce that in the cold environment. They need to package that in the cold environment, and then they need to store it in the cold environment. They need to ship it in that cold environment, and then it needs to go from the refrigerator when it's shipped directly into the cooler. How how many uh, how many moments do you think those those packages are actually not refrigerated? I have to think through that process. There's a lot of handling going on. Mm-hmm. That yep. There's a good chance that you could lose some potency. So yep. why not go the freeze dry to begin with? You've got the stability there. And, uh, and then you don't have to worry about it. Plus, I found that this works just fine for me. There's other good probiotics out there. Um, I'm, 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 I believe uh, Garden of Eden makes a whole variety of them, as well as enzymes. Um, now Foods, which is a company I've mentioned a couple times now. I, I like them. Now Foods is, is inexpensive. Uh, but, but, you know, you can get these things from there. So that would, that would be like my I'm, – I'm almost – I'm very close to saying that that's also in the necessary things, but but let's see how you do without it. If you have any digestive issues, then definitely go to it, and you can throw an enzyme in there with your with your meals uh, that will help with making sure that you get the, the, the as much nutrients out of your food as you can. Because guys, remember, food is going to be the key in your nutrition. Supplements are just there to do that. They're there to supplement your program. They're not the foundation, even the whey protein. It's there to supplement your diet, allow you to get a little bit more protein in than you would have been able to otherwise. But at the end of the day, it's the whole foods, it's the solid foods that are going to get you to your goals, no matter what those goals are. Um, After that, we start to get into into things that are going to be, say, more performance enhancing. Do you guys ever use creatine? Yes. I don't think that I have. I don't believe so. Okay. Well, if you're a natural guy, creatine can uh, it can give you a little bit of a boost and maybe speed up your recovery a little bit, increase your strength. You'll hold a little bit more fluid, which gives you a little bit better leverage. If you can get stronger in the gym uh, through this additional leverage, holding a little bit more fluid, then uh, you can grow more muscle. So all the way back to our foundation, you're training as hard as you can. You're now eating a high-quality, high-protein diet, and uh, you're pushing as hard as you can with the weights that you add this creatine in. If that gives you an extra couple reps or whatever, then it may mean that you will then grow new muscle from it. The scale may go up once you start using creatine, but that's just the water weight that you're you're getting from the creatine. That's not actual muscle. Understand that muscle growth is a very slow process. You know, we talked about this in the past, but you know, realistically. You know, you 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 may go up five pounds. You did not gain five pounds of muscle, but you can ensure yourself that if you're doing everything right, that you're at least moving in the right direction. You know, if you think about what what a pound of ground beef looks like, that's a lot. And if you're to think what five pounds of ground beef look like, that's an awful lot. And to think that you know you had spread that across your entire body in in, in additional muscle mass in a matter of a week, it's probably not that likely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong, but I've actually, I think I've heard VJ say that it's basically like an average of two pounds per year of actual muscle that if, well, if you're, if you're, you know, sticking with it, that, that that's kind of like an average of what you can build. 
So VJ was a natural competitor, competed uh, without any type of performance-enhancing drugs for his whole life, and he actually said one pound. Oh, and, one and pound! That, wow. Yeah, one pound. Now keep in mind too, you uh, you're going to get some better progress in the start. Your first year, you're going to see your best gains ever. Right. Your first year, you're going to make uh, you're going to make what feels like incredible gains, and they are incredible gains. If you're doing all this stuff right and you're following the stuff that we talked about in this podcast, in a series of podcasts, you can gain a lot. You can gain a lot. You may gain several pounds in that first year. The more you gain. The more you get, you know, the closer you get to your genetic limits, the closer you get to your genetic limits, the harder it's going to be to grow. So you may gain, uh, for me, for instance, I was very underweight when I started. I, I weighed uh, 115 to 125 pounds as a grown adult in my late 20s. So it's not as if I hadn't filled up my bone structure yet. I, I was legitimately small. Wow. And I was maybe 170 in the first year Holy after cow. of training. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's possible that if you're someone that was like me, that was under eating somebody who wasn't getting the nutrients, wasn't giving, uh, your muscles a reason to grow through the weight training, then you might make better progress. If you're somebody who's already an athlete and you've already been in good shape, then the chances of you gaining that kind of progress in, in the matter of a year is going to be less likely. Um, but, you know, it, your quality keeps improving, too. So it's not really always about the scale. It's about how you look. And you get to a point where you know, it's, it's at the end of the day, if you're doing this for for the look, it's it's an illusion. So it doesn't really even matter how much you weigh anyway. It matters how you look. You know, there's there's 170 skinny fat, and then there's 170 jacked. And you would think the guy that was 170 jacked uh, with his shirt off would be you know 20 pounds heavier. But you know, it's it's just the illusion that we cast, and that's uh, that's part of what this is. It's it's it is an illusion. This is an art. It's it's a visual art. At least that's what it is for me. There's a lot of different routes you can go to look at what this is, but that's that's where I choose to see it as is almost an art form, an expression in a way. Um, but yeah, creatine though that would be that would be an option to look into for performance enhancement. I know a lot of people always want to come to me. The first thing they they say is, "Hey, I'm getting in the gym. What pre workout should I take?" So pre workouts are out there. These are usually high caffeine, stim based products. I believe that you're probably better off learning to train without them. You're going to get like the nitric oxide boosters, things that are going to help to like expand the muscle and stuff. Best nitric oxide booster, best pump product you can use is a good high quality solid meal with some salt on it before you train. If you, I've had people that come to me that that have been using all these things and their nutrition isn't right. And then we get their nutrition right, and they're blown away that their pumps are incredible, their workouts are great, and that's because of the food. So when I talk about the biofeedback you get from your diet, guys, this is part of it. You should be feeling good in the gym, at least up until, you know, toward the end of a diet when your calories are getting lower and you're pushing for more fat loss. It, you might not feel as good. Your pumps might not be as good. You're going to have workouts that you just have to get through. You're going to be fighting that 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 sense of void that's been in there for so long now. But at the same time, though, uh, you know you can you can still make really good progress, and uh, you don't necessarily need to use something like a uh, a pre workout to get there. Guys, are you pre workout fans? I am more recently. I just, I've just started using one. I'd say what over the past maybe four months. That that recent. I don't think I've ever used a pre workout before that. 
And it's just, especially since I moved my workout to the morning, and I'm not mm. naturally a, a really a morning person, the pre-workout's kind of coming in handy. Because I, I can't drink a cup of coffee before I go in because it just, it's too much on my stomach, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. You get a good uh, a good pump. Does it have like the pump stuff in it too? Um, it, it's really just a, it's a lot of caffeine. Um, it, it's keeping me alert. It's keeping me focused. It's keeping me from you know. It's especially at the very beginning. Once I get going in a workout, you know, it, it things get you know the wheels start turning anyway, and so things get to get to going pretty good. But um, especially just getting getting started, it's it's just giving me you know the energy basically. I, I'm not using the the really really high potency stuff that's going to give me a huge pump. I've had some. I got a sample not too long ago. Um, uh, I can't remember the company off the top of my head, but they sent me a free sample, and it, it was the the really high quality. It, it felt great. Um, mm. type type of uh, type of stuff. It, it just I I don't know. I hadn't I hadn't tried a high quality pre workout before like that, and I was really impressed with it. But I, I'm just I don't have that much stock in it. You know, for me to go out and spend that much on a really good high quality pre workout, I'm just not there. I, I just feel like I for the most part I don't need it. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I'm glad I, you feel that way. I agree with that. I I I take it quite often, um, but it's also something just like any other caffeine product. Is you build a to- I build a tolerance to it pretty fast, and if I'm not careful, I can you know start seeing two and three scoops at a time, and I'm just not. Oh yeah, that, that's just not what I something I want to do. Yeah. Uh, so you know if I, I try to keep it down to days that I feel like I need that just that extra boost to get in there with. Or, you know, or if when, when it comes to the pump products and stuff like that, too, um, I do have a couple also that I might, I might add into it, you know, here and there, but nothing that I try to make a, an everyday habit. Well, define if we could really quickly just define pump products. What are we talking about here? Uh, okay, so there's like for, let's take citrulline malate for instance. These are nitric oxide boosters, they're going to just basically help you to get more blood flow into the muscle and uh, to, to feel that pump better. You know, listen, if, if you enjoy that, and let me even back up a step. Let's go back to our foundations, multi-fish oil and fiber, then possibly probiotic and enzyme. If you can afford those things and then you want to experiment with these things, I say go for it. If it's going to interfere with your ability to buy fish oil, then I'd say don't. But if you want to get into experimenting with this stuff, something like uh, a product that has citrulline malate at six to, we'll even say eight grams is a good dose, you're going to get an increased pump in the gym possibly. And of course, the food, and of course, if you're drinking plenty of water and you're delivering nutrients to the muscle, you should be able to get a good pump too from that. Uh, Where could it come in handy? Possibly when you get to a point where you can't use as much food. You increase uh, these nitric oxide boosters like that. I mean, they're using like beetroot extract, uh, agmatine sulfate. These things are all added to pre-workout products, and they will increase or hopefully increase your pump. If you if your pump feels good, I know at least for me, if I'm in the gym and I'm training hard and I'm getting a good pump, then I'm motivated to train hard and keep going. Absolutely. So there can be some yeah, there can be some benefit in that way. A little bit of stimulant in there to to kind of keep you on the edge and pushing 100%. Sure, I'm I'm right there with you. A lot of times, what I do is I use um I just have a big bag of raw uh, citrulline malate that I got from True Nutrition, and I'll add that to maybe a half a scoop even of whatever pre workout I happen to be using. That way, I can get my NO stuff up there pretty high. But then I'm cutting my stem down, and I'm just using a little bit. Now I, I want to stay sensitive to those things. I don't, I don't want. I've never, I believe it or not, 
I have never taken two scoops of pre-workout in my life. I just have never let myself. What I have done is I've bought different pre-workouts and I'll switch from one to the next. And the different formulas will, you know, give me a slightly different effect. If I use the same one every day because I'm dieting hard and I feel like I need this stuff right now, uh, it begins to not work as well. I like your idea, Cole, of not using it uh, on a regular basis. Just using it when you need it. What are your hard workouts? Let's say you're doing the bro split where you have a day that's just arms. You might not need it on that. But then when you're training back or you're training legs, then that might be a good day to consider throwing that in. Or like you said, James, you know that you got to train first thing in the morning. For me, it had been going through a manual labor job for eight to 10 hours on my feet, basically feeling like a brick a wall builder throwing bricks all day. And then from there deciding, okay, now I got to eat a meal and get in the gym. I believe you, me, I used pre-workout every day and, uh, <laughs> and it helps me carry through and get the best workout I could. Uh, one other thing I wanted to mention that you hear a lot of people ask about is fat burners. Most of your fat burners, over-the-counter stuff, is going to be like a thermogenic-based fat burner, mostly around caffeine. You're going to have your caffeine in there. There'll be some other stuff in there, too, that's going to help with fat loss. But for the most uh, part, these are stimulants, and uh, they're going to work by, by kind of trying to uh, raise body temperature a little bit and thus burn more calories. It's not directly necessarily burning fat. It's going to just help you to burn more calories. So it, uh, in the process, hopefully you are eating that high protein diet still, and you're supporting your muscle while you are taking stuff like that. Um, I'm not a big fan of the over the counter, uh, stimulants uh, or over the counter fat burners. There's some okay ones out there, but for the most part though, uh, they can, you know, they can give you a lot of side effects and, you know, the, all the caffeine that you get in these products, that stuff can create adrenal fatigue. And guys, uh, the thing I want to promote most in this show is being able to do this long term, making this a part of your life, making this a, a joy in your life so that you can live a healthier, healthier, happier, longer life. And there can be some gray areas to this. And supplementation is definitely one of them. So it's a mindset that you need to think long and hard about what you're taking. And uh, that leads me to our final topic here of, of the segment, guys, and that is anabolic steroids. Because that's the first thing or the second thing that I'm always asked when somebody starts training, especially mainly the guys. You know, I get a guy who says, hey, I'm, I'm in the gym and stuff. Then they, then they start hinting at me, hey, well, what can I take to get stronger? <laughs> what? What what can I what can I take to get more cut? I like how your you know, voice like I, I like how your voice changed there too, Scott. It's like <laughs> it's like real low key. Yeah. Yeah. They're whispering it, right? Yeah. Uh, nowadays, nowadays they're yelling it across the gym. They don't, <laughs> they don't give a f. Right. <laughs> they just say it. But here's the deal, guys. So, <clears throat> anabolic steroids—they're all based around testosterone. Testosterone is is that key male hormone that makes us men. Um. I'd suggest you guys get blood work done before you think about considering any of this. Hell, I don't know if I mentioned it in the beginning, but you should get blood work done regardless. Did we talk about that at the very start? Because that's what I should have done right after the, uh, right after we talked about uh, motivation. Before we even got into any actual doing, blood work would be a great idea. Yeah, Let's I see. I don't think we okay. did, Scott, but explain to us you know, briefly what, uh, why is it so important to have blood work done? What are we looking for in that blood work? Right. Okay. Well, we talk about, you know, genetics and we did mention that we did say, you know, he doesn't have the genetics or he does have the genetics. Part of those genetics are what your hormones look like. Where's your testosterone levels at? Testosterone is going to be, 
you know, a key element in what allows you to grow muscle. If you have the testosterone of a 13 year old girl, you're probably going to look like a 13 year old girl. And that's what it comes down to. So, you know, let's see what your natural levels are for all these things, testosterone and estrogen and the basic stuff. What's your liver function look like? Are you going to be able to process the foods and the, the compounds, the supplements that you're taking? Kidneys, how strong are your kidneys? You want to go through to get a physical and then on top of your physical, for most of us, they are not going to check testosterone or estrogen levels. Uh, you could get it after you're 35, but I bet for a lot of our audience members here, doctor's not going to want to test their testosterone levels. Um, if your doctor refuses to, I mean, sometimes doctors don't want to mess with that stuff because if you're, if you're not old enough to receive hormone replacement therapy for low testosterone, then the doctors don't even want to know because then they, then they're responsible once they find out. Mm, right. So if you can't find out what your test levels are through your doctor, you can do this yourself. Um, private labs, MD, direct labs. These are websites where you can you can buy uh, sets of lab panels or you can get them a la carte and you can find out anything for yourself. Uh, thyroid production. Where's your thyroid at? Do you have a slow or fast thyroid? That could be responsible for the reason why you're overweight or underweight. Uh, all these things play a role. So go to your doctor, get a physical, and uh, make sure that you get a good set of labs to find out exactly what's going on. If anything is off, then uh, it would be worth you know exploring further. Otherwise, you know let's let's move forward. So testosterone is going to be that key hormone for growing muscle, uh, and all anabolic steroids are going to be derivatives of testosterone, basically. So, you know, what do they do? They're going to increase the amount of protein that you can store in your muscle and increase the rate at which it stores. So, you know, we talked about the term anabolic. Now it's probably making a lot more sense. Uh, you can't just take a steroid and sit there on the couch and, uh, and expect yourself to grow. You have to be creating the stimulus still. You got to be doing, well, you know, what's our 100% thing? We got to do 100% nutrition. We got to do 100% training. And if you do those two things and you were to add an anabolic steroid, then yes, you would progress further. You would progress faster. And it sounds perfect so far, right? Here's the deal. You're going to also shut down your natural production of testosterone in this process. Once you take that first shot of testosterone, once you take that first tab of D-ball, your body's going to recognize, oh, I've got plenty of androgens in my body. I don't need to produce any more. And so then from there, you, you're going to start getting more shut down. So there's a trade-off here, and you need to watch that. And for that reason, uh, steroids are something that I would think very long and very hard about. I would suggest that you get all this other stuff we've talked about done first. There's a couple of reasons that I left this to the very end, and that's because we're working in order as far as how to get yourself on track. But also, you need to have all those things down in a rhythm and to be able to be good at it in order to make use of a steroid. So you need to be 100%, and you need to be 100% for a consistent length of time before you even consider it. And then when you do consider it, please go way beyond this series of podcasts in order to educate yourself. You know, that's that's been a big part of what Advice is Radio is about, is helping to educate people so they know what they're getting into. Hell, I remember the first time that I found out about steroids that I could get, and that was when I was in like junior high or high school. I believe high school, early high school. I trained with a kid, um, Todd, I'll say, I won't say his last name. And Todd uh, came over to my house. We, he started training with me because I already knew how to lift weights. And 
we were lifting weights in the basement and uh you know i taught him a bunch of stuff we both got gym memberships we drifted apart but in high school he kept getting bigger and bigger turns out that he was using steroids along with another guy and they were doing uh, teenage competitions uh, i remember talking to todd and he said uh, well we have two different ones we have one that gets you bigger and one that gets you cut i was like huh and i i thought about it and i didn't pull the trigger but had i done that I would not have known what I was getting into. I wouldn't have known the potential side effects that could have happened. I wouldn't have known how to combat that stuff. So you want to be really careful, really conservative if you decide to go down that route. Are steroids a bad thing? No, I, I truly believe that they're not. I just believe they're just a thing. They just exist. I think that they've been demonized by uh, society in the United States. It's a criminal act to uh, possess steroids. And so for that reason, I can't suggest that anybody goes out and does it. Um, if you need uh, testosterone replacement, that's only going to help you. So we're talking theoretically here to help educate people if they're going to do you know, what they want to do anyway. Um, so first of all, like I said, you got to look long and hard at it. And there's a lot of things that can happen because testosterone and estrogen, for instance, are tightly related. This is just one aspect. There's so many things that you need to know. But as your testosterone goes up, there's going to be a percentage of that testosterone that converts to estrogen, which is responsible for female characteristics. So you could end up with a lot of really nasty side effects that you might not be able to reverse. And so had I done that when I was when I was in 10th grade or whatever it was, if I said, hey, I'm going to take this pill and I'm going to get bigger – who knows whether I would have gotten bigger or not. But one thing's for sure, there was a high probability that you know, I could have gotten something like gynecomastia, which is you know, a, a female uh, pattern fat distribution at the breast. You know, you've seen guys that have that. It's, yeah. not a, it's not a pretty look. And it goes exactly against everything that we want to achieve out of bodybuilding. We want to be able to celebrate our bodies and look our best and feel our best. Uh, we don't want to do anything to hurt ourselves, guys. And that's why you got to be so careful. There are so many different things that I could warn you about. But the keys that I want to point out to you is, is that, yes, steroids do work. They do build muscle. They need to be respected because they are really powerful hormones. They can affect you physically. They can affect you emotionally. And uh, these, these things can have short and long-term side effects. So one thing I want to point out that a lot of people are mistaken about you may get a little bit of fat loss from a steroid, but a steroid is not going to get you shredded. So you see the guys that are walking around on stage and they're peeled out of their mind. You can basically see their heart beating through their chest and watch the, you know, the, the capillaries carry blood down their down their legs. Those guys got that way because they dieted their asses off. Where do steroids fit into that? Steroids allowed them to stay anabolic while pushing the diet and the cardio hard enough to get to that lean state. So steroids didn't get them lean. Steroids just kept them from losing muscle while they busted their ass to get unhumanly conditioned. So that's a big key right there. People think, well, I'm going to take a steroid and I'm going to get ripped. No, I, I can give you an example too. My dad, he's on hormone replacement therapy. He, uh, he started it up and he was excited because his test was really low. And uh, a few months later, he says, God, I don't see any difference. I mean, I can feel that I'm taking it, and his you know, libido is better, quality of life was better. He said, but I, I don't see any – I'm not getting any bigger. I said, well, I, you know, you're just sitting on the couch. That's why, Dad. <laughs> you're only eating twice a day, and you know, none of it's protein. Of course you're not getting bigger. So you could take a steroid all day long and see very little to no changes, and uh, you could 
not get in shape because of it too. So a lot of misconceptions out there about steroids guys. Yeah, I think, I think it's extremely important. I know you've, you've hit it home, but extremely important, especially when you talk about like testosterone and stuff like that, you know, that's kind of like the base for anybody who is looking to get into that kind of a thing. And I, I just think it's important for people to really understand that, you know, that that's something that if you, if you're not smart about it and you don't know what you're doing, you know, if, like you said, you, you take testosterone and your body, your body feels like it has enough and stops doing it on its own. And that's a possibility that once you t- come off of that, that your body's not going to do it anymore on its own. So you may be stuck on that for the rest of your life. Yeah, that's a possibility. And in regardless, you know, uh, proper planning and preparation with your steroid cycle, there's a lot of factors in there that are going to um, that are going to uh, create side effects. Uh, you, how can we control that through dosage and duration? So the idea is to use moderate doses and for very controlled periods of time. Uh, th- this in itself would be an entire episode in order to dig, dig deeply into it. All I want to do is be able to kind of glaze the surface and, like I said, dispel the fact that a steroid is not going to get you there. That uh, you know you can take a steroid and um, and basically you can stay the same. So, and then on top of that too, uh, if you don't have that foundation in check and you are using steroids, you will get more protein retention. You will get more fluid retention. The scale will go up. But contrarily, when you come off, if you're not doing all the things that you needed to do, you're 100% training. You're 100% nutrition. Uh, if you're not doing those things then anything that you gained during that cycle is then going to be lost. And if you watch people close enough in the gym, you'll see some guys that blow up and then shrink and blow up and then shrink. And a few years later, they look pretty much exactly the same as they always have. So if you want to make progress, you got to nail everything else first. And then if you decide to go down that path later, then you got to know that you know all these A and B are going to be the key to making sure that, that this is going to benefit you. Guys, it's like I said, powerful hormones, and uh, you get yourself in a lot of trouble with them. So absolutely be careful. Also, I want to note, as I said, this is a male hormone. So women women do use steroids, but women using steroids is a completely different ball game. Uh, the amount of uh, testosterone that they produce is so much less. For, for women that are going through menopause and using testosterone, you know, for men, we may take between 100 to 200 milligrams uh, every week in an injection. Uh, for women, it may be a, a subcutaneous or it might be a patch, and they're only getting micrograms, tiny, tiny amounts. Just as if you had the testosterone of a 13 year old girl, then you look like a 13 year old girl. If a woman had the testosterone of, you know, a, a 200 pound guy, She's also going to start getting the the virilization effects of a 200-pound guy, growing hair on her face, on her back, a lot of other side effects, too, that she might not want. So uh, guys and gals, you know, look what you're stepping into. And uh, the more you can get without these things, the further along you'll be, the better foundation you have, the more you'll get out of them when you do use them, and the more you'll be able to maintain your body without depending on them. You don't want to be able to – you don't want to be the guy who's taking that stuff – year round. That's that's where you lead to complications and that's where you get into what I would consider abuse. So you don't want to abuse this stuff. You want to be really careful just like with the pre-workout, you know, use the least amount to get the best effect and uh and use moderation. 
Just from that little snippet right there, Scott, on the anabolics, I've learned a bunch that I didn't know. It, it's it's something that I've never I've never studied. I've never delved into it. It was never a path that I personally have ever been on. Um, and and still at this point, personally, I don't plan to be. But that is a lot of information there. And like you said, you're just glossing over because of the time constraints that we have for this particular foundational series. Uh, but I know that you all talk a lot about this on advices. And correct me if I'm wrong, but you have one podcast that's dedicated to to what you call gear. Correct? Blood, sweat, and gear. Don't you talk a lot about uh, those kinds of things on that podcast? We actually talk about uh, steroids, really, because it's a facet of 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 bodybuilding at the hardcore high end. Sure, it's it's a topic that's brought up on a number of the programs. We we do blood, sweat, and gear. It's it's general stuff, but we talk about all aspects, everything from training to nutrition to advanced supplementation. We have another program with Dave Crossland from the UK. He is a a he considers himself a harm reduction specialist. He's a guy who uh, pushed himself, his body weight up to over 400 pounds and steroids and uh, growth hormone insulin were a big part of that. And uh, he actually suffered a lot of consequences because of his abuse. He ended up uh, suffering some severe kidney issues mm. and it's changed his mindset. He sees himself as an educator now. He wants to, he wants to say, look, don't do what I did. He's an awesome guy. He's, uh, he's got a huge heart. He wants to help people out. And so that's his main goal in life is to make sure that you don't do the same mistakes that he made. We also have uh, Muscle Minds with Dr. Scott Stevenson, which is not a steroid show, you know, none, it's, it's, but it's an education show. And so at times, topics do come up that relate around hormones, and Scott's there to help provide education about these topics. We also, you know, Bodybuilding Nerds Radio, we cover questions from time to time that, that do relate to steroids. It's all about... I'm trying to educate people so that you can, if you are going to do that stuff, that you do do it safely. And to keep it in perspective, once again, 100% training, 100% nutrition, and then any supplementation is just to push those things a little bit further. And you want to do it as safely as possible. So yeah, that's that's definitely a highlight of our goals over there uh, because you can get bad information from a lot of sources. There's a ton of information out there nowadays. If you were to YouTube uh, anabolic steroids, for instance, you're going to find out a lot of stuff from a lot of people. And you got to really weigh out who you're who you're looking at, who's talking about this stuff. It, it, it's human nature to, to want a quick fix. It's human nature to want a simple answer. And sometimes there aren't simple answers to be had. And if you see somebody out there telling you, oh, it's okay to use a lot, it's okay to use a lot, you might want to rethink listening to what that person has to say. I, I see people uh, come and go in the fitness world. There's a lot of flash in the pans that have these strong messages that are out of left field. People gravitate towards it because the people who are saying things that are, that are extreme get a lot of attention. And so there's a lot of attention getting out there in the fitness world. People that are telling you to do things that could be dangerous, unhealthy, things that could be risk-taking behaviors. Uh, but it gets them a lot of hits. And so that they continue doing that stuff. It's not as sexy to tell you to practice moderation and keep the doses low or to not take anything at all until you've actually made sure that you figured this stuff out. I mean, hell, I would say even give yourself, if, if you really wanted to go that route, 
make sure that you've given yourself at least a solid year without it in order to learn your body. Otherwise, you may just be masking the fact that you don't have a good diet. You should be able to see progress without it. You should be able to see consistent progress for an extended period of time. Then you can know that by adding in a little supercharger here and there, that it's going to help push you that much further versus you start out the gate and you say, well, I'm just going to do everything Scott said, and you start gear right away too, then you may find that um, you're just masking the fact that you didn't have a good plan. And once you come off, you'll start losing those gains. I think there's a chance of getting, you know, the steroids are not uh, physically addictive in the way that, you know, some controlled substances are. But at the same time, there's a strong mental component when you, you you get the compliments from people in the gym when you hear people tell you like wow your arms look huge when you're walking down the street that feels good it feels nice to get attention and uh, you don't have a good plan set up you get on this stuff and you you puff up for a while then you come off you lose that you lose that attention you lose that that instant gratification and there's a chance that's where that's where I've seen guys that say okay well I'm gonna go back gotta go back on gotta go back on. And uh, it could become a very vicious circle. So do yourself a favor. Look at this as a long-term game. Think about what you're actually doing. Keep in mind what your ultimate goals are. Your ultimate goals are not to take a drug. Your ultimate goals are to be more fit, more happy, healthier, and to live the best life that you can. Could you work that in? Possibly. But you need to put a lot of thought and evaluation into it, and you need to have a solid foundation. Uh, you hit the nail right on the head for me, Scott, because I, I want to once again point everyone to Advices Radio and Bodybuilding Nerds, uh, and you know it's 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 hard to find people that that you trust out there. In my experience, um, I was thinking when we were going through the supplementation, you know, through the the vitamins and the whey protein, you know, it's always on my mind. How do I know this is good? How do I know this is high quality? And it, sure. There's there's a lot of ways to go about that you know that question and, and and that journey finding out what's you know what's good and what's real and what's just snake oil. But I just you know I w- I was trying to trying to pinpoint exactly why I, I trust some people some advice hmm. and, and others I don't. And you hit the nail right on the head when you're talking about uh, the shortcuts versus having to do things the right way. You can you can usually tell. Once again, from my estimation, my experience, when someone is taking shortcuts or they're telling you this is going to work, you know, this this pill or, or this supplement is going to get you ripped in, in a month or whatever, you know, um, it's too good to be true. And you've got to find the people who go through the process and they tell you to do the same. They advise you to do the same. And so that's one of the things that on top of if you are a novice, or if you've been at this for a long time, you can go to the Advices Radio Network and you're going to find things that are going to, going to benefit you, information that's going to help you. And so I just wanted to once again point all of our listeners in the direction of Advices Radio and Bodybuilding Nerds because you're going to find a lot of that good information. And you're going to hear Scott McNally and, and all the other people that he works with say you've got to do the process and you've got to be careful and you can't just go balls to the wall with steroids and expect to get ripped and not have any of those wicked side effects that, get, that you know possibly affect you for the rest of your life and definitely decrease your quality of life because you got man boobs or whatever the case may be you know um, it's, it's dangerous stuff and so be you know take it to, you know take it seriously uh, it doesn't have to be you know such a threat but it can be if you don't do it the correct way and you're gonna mm. and you're gonna hear that kind of stuff and, and for me that's you've got to find people out there that you trust and and we trust advices radio we trust all you guys over there we love listening to you guys and I don't really have a great 
put Scott on the spot question for you today. <laughs> but but I would, you know, if you have any any closing words for uh, for our listeners to close this series down, which by the way I think has been just for myself. Let me just speak for me. Has been beneficial so much. It, it's been so great to to go over these things and kind of reinforce the things that I do know. And I've learned a lot. I got to be honest with you. This is a uh, fundamental stuff, but I've learned a lot of good things that I that I've carried with me, taken with me, and I'm going to put it into practice. Um, and so, you know, it's, it, that's awesome for me. So if you got any closing words, Scott, let's, uh, let's close this thing out with your, your final words of wisdom that you have for us on this series. Uh, realistically, I, I feel like I already sat on, you know, just that, uh, you know, once again, think about the big picture. Think about what you want to get out of your life. Uh, whether you train or don't train, whether you, you put this stuff into practice or you don't, and 2020 is going to be here, okay? And see what you can do to get the most out of your life. Does this have to be the most important facet? Does this have to be your, your all-encompassed you know, thing? It doesn't have to be in order for it to be good, in order for it to be beneficial. But I think that we can all challenge ourselves in a lot of ways through our lives. I think that challenging yourself physically is important. Being aware of what we're putting in our bodies is important. It feels like work at first because you're not used to it. But after a while, these things just become second nature. Like I said, I woke up this morning. I ate my meal one before I got started here on, on short time. Uh, but, you know, it's just it's just what I do now. And, and I'm grateful that I have this in my life because it's done so much for me. The lessons that I've learned have translated into every other area. And I can promise you that if you get into your own fitness journey, that it will become much more than just physical changes. This will change, this will, it will change who you are. You'll, you'll find that there's things about yourself that you didn't know. And, uh, you know, you, you can, you can continue to grow. You can continue to, uh, blossom and mature into the person that you want to be, be, be your best self in every way both you know, physically, spiritually, emotionally, every way that you can. And I think that fitness is definitely a key for me. And I think if you give it a try, that you'll find that uh, it makes your life a, a, a better place to be. That's awesome. And, and you don't even realize the kind of changes that are coming in, in your mindset, in, in your, it's not just about physical fitness, it, you know, it's about confidence and it's about stability and all these things that you don't even see coming when you really get in there and, and just make it a part of your life. Like you said, James, in the beginning, that you you don't you don't know, man. There might be a zombie apocalypse. You'll need to defend your family one day, and, and you'll need to be you know agile to do that. Now, right? now you're on my page. Now you're speaking. <laughs> <laughs> Colt, any final words? I, you know, just honestly, I this went way too fast. Like, I mean, this yeah. is what five the fifth episode that we've done, or four, four, fourth fourth yeah. episode that we've mm -hmm. done. But it it just it seems like it went way too fast, but. We uh, just for doing the basics, we crammed a lot of information into those four episodes, but I think we spread it out enough that I think people can really understand what's going on. And I know that I've already thrown, you know, some of the stuff into the workouts that I'm doing and stuff. You know, Scott, we had talked I, I, when we were talking about being in the gym and uh, doing our splits and stuff, and you were talking about a guy who 
came up to you and was telling you how much uh how much weight he was squatting he you know he was just and you watched him do it and you could tell that yeah he was doing this but he wasn't activating the right muscles to do this and uh, all that and you know so when I did squats this week I was really making sure that I was hit, getting the contraction that I needed on every and it just not just squats but just every exercise that I was doing um, you know, Ooh. and then when it came to nutrition, you know, I started throwing jasmine rice into my meals this week and things like that too. So, uh, and I, James can attest to that too. Cause I texted him as soon as I bought the stuff and I was like, Scott did this to me. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. But yeah, I, I just, I think that we crammed a lot into a small amount of time, but I think it, I think we did it perfectly. And I think, uh, I think a lot of people can leave with a lot of new knowledge or knowledge that maybe they skipped you know, along Mm -hmm. the way, they may be an advanced lifter or, uh, you know, in the fitness game, but they may have, may have skipped over a few things and hopefully we, you know, brought some things home for them so they can start adding these things back into. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so. That's good. And plus podcasts are evergreen. So go back and listen to it again. If if there's a lot of information in, in a particular show that you need to kind of study a little more, go back and yeah, hit it up again. That's, that's what it's there for. So uh, and, and once again, my favorite: trust the process, have faith in the process. Uh, that's that's just that's very profound to me. Simple and profound, and uh, it's as awesome. Lo- as long so, as it's the right process, yes, you got to know that first. That, absolutely, <laughs> very good, very good. So, ladies and gentlemen, Scott McNally, thank you, sir, and uh, keep up the great work. Thanks for having me, guys. And we're out. Thanks again to Scott McNally, and thank you all out there in Cerebraland. We have a lot of great variety coming your way, and so the best thing you can do to keep from missing anything we have in store is to subscribe to the Cerebral Entertainment Podcast on Apple Podcasts, slash iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. Of course, you can also download the episodes on the launching pad for all things Cerebral at thecepodcast.com. To contact us, you can email at cerebral at thecepodcast.com, and of course, we love seeing you on the socials. So be sure to give us a like and a follow and let us know you're out there. And that's all we have for this series, and we hope that you not only enjoyed this, but also benefited from the info that was brought to the table, and uh, dare I say that maybe it warmed those big, beautiful, juicy brains of yours. So until next time, be easy.